Welcome to ACME Talks and Live Events. You are listening to a podcast from the Australian Centre for the Moving Image. This talk has been recorded in front of a live studio audience. This podcast is an audio recording of a live event. It may reference visual material that cannot be represented in this recording. It may also contain strong language and adult themes, which may not be suitable for younger audiences. And the opinions expressed in this podcast do not necessarily reflect those of ACME. Uh, hi, everybody. My name is Julian. I work for Animologic. I've been there for the last uh, 10 years. And uh, I'm a compositing supervisor there. And today I'm going to talk about uh, this, the Lego movie. So as a, um, as a compositor, I'm going to talk to you more about the look aspect of things and probably just about the animation aspect of things. Um, but before I do all of that, I'm sure you guys really want to hear more about that song again. So I'm going to... Jump the charts again, it's everything is awesome. Oh my gosh, I love this song. Everything is awesome. Everything is cool when you're part of a team. Everything is some statistics to start with. Uh, it's a stereo show, which for us implies that it's a lot of work in comp. We've got both sides to comp, so twice the amount of problems. Um, it is a lot of shots, 1770 altogether, um, which makes for a really fast-paced edit, uh, 186 live-action shots, which is an average of 2.8 seconds a shot, which makes the movie extremely uh, fast and tiring for some people, but um, 
It's, it's a kid's movie, so it needs to be fast. Um, it's all bricks, so uh, that's really important. Lego uh, was really insisting that we use only the right bricks, like the existing bricks with the existing material, with the right colors, with the right scratches, and the logo, uh, it's the exact same bricks that you'd find in a, in a Lego set. We had a team of 36 guys, and I think TDs and Campus, and seven months of production. So, um, to, if, you, if we chart it, this is what happens. We, we start, we do nothing. Uh, and then, after a month, we realize we've got a teaser to do. Then we just overtime it. And then, here, um, we probably had a stomach bug or something, like it was not working. And then we continue, we continue. Then comes week 15, and that's probably a trailer, not even a teaser. Uh, so we ramp it up, and then we continue up until week 27 at 100 and whatever, 170, 160 shots a week. And then we all crash, and we finish and go home. Uh, week 28. Um, this is a concept art. As you can see, I mean, the movie pretty much looks very close to the concept. Uh, we didn't deviate too much. This is a few examples, more examples. So you see everything's brick, all the volumetrics are brick, every, every single thing is brick. Um, this pretty much looks uh, like uh, one of the shots in the movie, right away, straight from the concepts. This a bit less, but get the idea. This was really cool, but it didn't go through. It was too organic for the Lego people. Um, I thought it was pretty cool. But anyway, this definitely made its way through. This as well. A lot of colors. Um, so let's talk about comp. Um, you would think, what's, what's, I guess we, we need a template. That's why the first thing we should talk about. Um, because if we don't use the templates, uh, things get really messy, and there's no way we can do 160 shot, shots a week. So um, you would find, uh, that's what I just says, keep things clean. Um, this is a production shot. This is wrong. Um, it's made its, it made its way through. This is not good. Uh, so what is good is this. This is clean and tidy. This is really nice. And <laughs> this is good, as you can see. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's pretty much like bricks. Our template is, you know, it's uh, as square and tidy as a bunch of bricks. Uh, this is another comp script. This is a production comp script. As you can see, things come from the left, they go to the right, and finish at the bottom. Uh, I'll go a bit more in detail. Um, that we can auto-comp, so which basically means that if we get an update, as the guy from Method was saying before, uh, if we get an update on something, animation, surfacing, whatever, and we just rerun it, we don't have to reopen it, resubmit it, it's all auto-comped. Um, portable, which is basically a lighting TD can give it to a comper, which can give it back to a, to a lighting TD. Uh, we need to be able to switch guys if things don't work or people are sick or whatever. Uh, go faster. So this is basically the, the base base template. As you can see, on the left we've got the stage, on the right we've got one character. Uh, here we've got the stage, we've got the character, and the depth of field at the end, which I'll show you in a second. So this is, for example, a character pass. You get all the data on the left. So for those familiar with uh, all those passes, this is the classic passes, PBC, PBW, brick ID, which is quite useful if we need to change colors of particular bricks. The lights come in the middle, and the beauty to the right, 
and this is how we combine things uh, generally. We try to not deviate from that too much. Uh, this is another light path. As you can see, we've created our own nodes. It's called the grade group here, where we can control each character on how much diffuse, spec, scatter comes in. Um, then we've built something, something called Entity, which is basically um, a fancy uh, read node in Nuke, which is basically a group. Um, we made it aware of the shot it's in, so it's easy to version things up and down because we don't just have one uh, one light input. We've got the light input that comes in with diffuse, spec, scatter. We want to be able to version this up and down really quickly. So we've made our own read node that is shot aware, basically. Um, update to latest, just something nice for people who work in comp to just always keep the latest passes and not have to ask the lighter, did you render something new, should I update? Just update to latest all the time. Um, we can switch to a new shot, so if you've got a template set for shot 10, you want a shot 20, you can just tell entity, hey, I want a shot 20 now. So it's easier this way, and it's fast. Um, this is an entity, for example, you see all those green groups are entity, on the, on the right you see the group is um, shot aware, it knows about the scene, it knows about the shot, we can you know, we can update to a version, come back, go to latest. Uh, it's just much easier in the short context. And inside the entity, you see things are combined the way we want to. So we don't need to worry about how things are combined all the time. It's all done for you. And the DOF. So that's a huge um, part of the comp on this show because obviously uh, those are tiny little guys about you know four centimeters tall and we need to make sure that they look like it was shot at four centimeters, therefore we need uh, some really shallow depth of field. So a lot of, if you troll through Flickr or whatever, you find a lot of guys doing weird things with Lego and making entire world out of Lego. It's very strange. There's an entire subculture of that. And uh, so we took inspiration from that. As you can see, the, the depth of field is usually extremely shallow in that instance, for example. And we had to replicate that somewhere in comp. We couldn't do it in 3D. So how did we do it? Uh, I'll show you in a sec. This is more examples. Yeah, some people go through a lot of work to uh, just do that. Um, I don't know. <laughs> um, so extremely shallow depth of field. Uh, this is a test we did. As you can see, different focal lengths and different f-stops give you obviously different uh, defocusing, so we ne needed to mimic this in comp. And um, this is a focus tracking test. Um, you know, in real life, obviously, he, is, he comes in and out of focus quite a bit, and this we also replicated in, in the movie, meaning like the focus and the tracking is not perfect. Uh, and it's not in a movie either, on purpose. Um, so this is the interrogation scene. Like if you want to look at Bad Cop's face, you'll see it comes in and out of focus quite a bit. And um, this was intended. And by the way, the um, lighting reference for this sequence is this. Just in case. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Well, there's not the same connotation, but it's the same lighting. So. <laughs> Good morning, hiding? apartment. Wake up! Ah! Where did you find the piece of resistance? The 
piece of what? A piece of resistance. I, I, I don't... Where am I? What's happening? What's happening? Playing dumb, Master Builder. No, I... Master Builder? Oh, so you've never heard of the prophecy? No, I... Or the special... No, no, I... a liar! Look here, Look, um... I watch a lot of cop shows on TV. Isn't there supposed to also be a... Isn't there supposed to be a good cop? Oh, yes. But we are not done yet. Hi, buddy. I'm your friendly neighborhood police officer. Would you like a glass of water? Yeah, yeah, actually. Too bad. Security cameras picked up this. You were found at the construction site convulsing with a strange piece. That's disgusting. Then why is it permanently stuck to your back? just so we don't spend time watching the Lego movie. Um, I've seen it before. Um, so we, we've done that with uh, PG Bokeh and Nuke, uh, which is pretty sweet. We wrapped that into something we called Lego Lens, uh, which takes the camera input and does all of those things. If you are geeky enough to want to go through all the Nuke parameters, um, I won't go through all of them. Just um, We do focus viz with it, which I'll show you in a second. We do focus offset if we need to offset the camera a little bit. Chromatic aberrations, uh, lens breathing. I guess the movie is meant to be, to look like it was shot with a really crappy lens. So we put a lot of things on top, like lens breathing and chromatic aberrations. Tweak the PBC, so tweak the depth again. And we can split things foreground, background, which is very useful for really defocused objects in a foreground. And we do grain maths. I'll show you in a second as well. Um, Okay, so this is a layout culture. This is what we get from layout, camera department. They set the focal length, the camera, obviously, and uh, the f-stop to, to look like it's defocused like this. And we take this camera, plug it into our Lego lens. This is what the focus viz gives you. You can see in bad cop coming in and out of focus. And this is the final shot. This is how it looks with the chromatic aberrations and everything on the side of the frame, which makes it look really, really soft. Um, same thing, the shot without doff, focus these, depth of field, length breathing, convolution, color start to look a bit weird, and the final shot. I am a master builder! And the good thing with doff as well is that it hides a lot of noise, and we had a lot of noise in our renders, so that came for free. <laughs> Um, grain mats, this is a huge pain for us in comp. Uh, we have to do it. Uh, we basically give this to the DI guys so they can start grading the shot in context. But it's quite a pain for us because instead of defocusing one image like we do for the final image, we have to do it for five images. Why five? Because um, we need, I'll, I'll show you the graph. They are hard to defocus. We have to blur not only one image but five and this creates a lot of memory errors, and we have to keep it really, really tidy. One EXR delivery at the end, and this is how it looks. So you get your, uh, you get your five images at the top, two primaries, three auxiliaries, and all the channels. Um, in the primaries, we basically pump up whatever we want in it, so Emmett, Batman, uh, Lucy, whatever, and the auxiliaries always come. Uh, always come automatically, you don't have to do anything with them. 
which basically implies that you can multiply one with the other and isolate Emmett's face if you just want to have his decal. Um, this is a great mat, not super exciting, but needs to be, it needs to exist. So basically we can isolate the guys in the eye and grade them if need be, particularly their faces, um, you know, <laughs> all of those things need to be gradable. It makes the directors feel really comfortable when they come to the eye, they can just adjust whatever they want. And it's, you know, he's Benny, he's all of his elements. All of that has to be defocused, which is really the challenge uh, with the grain mat. And because we have to do grain mat, the good thing is that we don't have to do motion blur on this show. And this is awesome, because for those of you who work in industry, we all know that motion blur is generally a pain. Um, and instead, we've got something called brick blur. Um, so to make it look like it was stop motion, there was a lot of debate when we got the first trailers out saying, oh, they definitely did that stop motion, which is what was great for us, which means that everybody, everybody bought into it. Uh, but we did not. Um, so um, this is the animation tool, for example. You can see when you move your character, it creates basically a trail of bricks. Um, instead of creating blur, we just create more bricks, um, which is pretty sweet. Um, this is a few different tests we had. We didn't go with this one. This one does a minific brick trail. We had something called Magic Wand Brick Trail, which is, looks a bit different. And we settled for something called uh, Solid Brick Streak instead. Um, as you can see, um, <laughs> um, in this shot in particular, when Benny built his spaceship, there's no motion blur, but uh, it looks like there is without having some. Uh, and why? This is because when if you frame by frame the shot, you see the, the bricks here, and basically along, like they, they leave a streak of bricks behind them, like this. And then comes back to normal. And this uh, was very successful, I think, and it was very, uh, I don't know, very nice for us to not have to deal with, with motion blur. Okay, putting it all together, I'll show you a little uh, example of all the passes we get. I think I was going to follow you to the end of the universe. You were? Well, here's the thing. How do we know for sure that I'm not the special? We just don't know it yet. Y'all want a giant turkey leg? Everything is brick. And now we're gonna see all the surfacing parts. Um, there is uh, material. So we've got a jitter on the bricks, which is really nice, which makes them not look very aligned. They just keep on moving all the time at different rates. So it, it looks like it was handmade and not just tacked on to, together. Then with some grunge on it. Nice grunge, a bit more. Uh, scratches, we actually had a team of artists painting scratches on bricks for quite a few months by hand. Uh, some decals. There's no time to lose. We must find Vitruvius and get to the office tower before it's too late. <laughs> How scary could someone's office be? And um, aside from that, we also had shots that, even though we had a template and everything set up properly, we st you still have to go and do it by hand sometimes in comp. This guy, for example, at some point, Emmett sees all the pieces himself and we had to... I can see everything! 
we had to attach all the right part numbers to each part, which, by the way, are the real part numbers, if you are on a frame-by-frame frame the movie. Um, so this is how it looks in Nuke, uh, with a point cloud. Uh, we had to attach all the cards to the right you know, pieces. Uh, some other example here, I see all the parts. It's very quick, but they're still very accurate. Same thing, you get the point cloud of the scene. And with the cards and the right numbers, like this, very quick. A lot of work for only two seconds. Really. Um, same thing, this shot, for example, is, um, has got a lot of comp in it, more than your regular shots, because there is lava, this, all, this is all done in comp, red painting and fog, this is all comp. is coming. And this is the lighting pass that you get. So you get all the bunch of different uh, incandescents, scattering, uh, more scattering, uh, more spike, more and more, and some stuff. And in Nuke, we did this this way. So we basically went, took a point cloud, added a bunch of lights by hand, all of them, uh, animated them in different colors, uh, and then put that back into the shots. This is all nuke, straight out of nuke. And go in the shots, put all of that together, and you've got your shots. Same thing. Add more and more lights, and more and more, and some stuff. And you've got your shot. Um, so again, another great example of seeing how the pipeline sort of fits together yeah. and how you know you need to be fast and clever and uh, yeah. allow for the you know creative, creative vision or artistry to come through. Mm. Um, and also it was interesting to note with your brick blur solution, that's a, a, another solution of um, in 2D animation. Oh, yeah. They call it a yeah. smear, so if, if right. someone's going from here to here, they'll do like a blurry version. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was just wondering if you just want to expand a little bit more on sort of how you, um, any other techniques you use to speed up or automate your flow. Well, the, the movie itself is very procedural, so it's easy to cut corners. Um, we will speed up the next Lego movies quite a bit uh, by trying to sort out our depth of field solution to be a bit less manual. Um, so this is all going to be, we're probably going to switch to deep image for the next one. Um, Sorry, to what? To deep image. So it's a thing in Nuke where you get uh, an image that contains more information than just a 2D image that you see. So we can insert things behind blurred objects. Right. So we're going to do that. But the pipeline is pretty well set now. And for the next Lego movies, we should be pretty sweet. Uh, and and could you, do you have any insight on sort of uh, what what sort of uh, techniques for automation cause like the biggest effect? Like if anyone was going to look at. Um, well, yeah, I mean, on on our side, definitely is the template and the autocomp, which allows us on on the new Lego stuff we do to basically do a shot without even opening it. 
uh, this, this is pretty well automated. Like we, we don't even have to show up at work. Just <laughs> but um, it doesn't always work, not yet. No, sure. This is probably the biggest automation you can find is get rid of your own job. Yeah, <laughs> that's <a> genius. <laughs> um, any questions? From no, awesome, thank you so All much, Julian. Right. Thank you. You have been listening to an Acme podcast. For more recordings of talks and live events, go to Acme Channel and the Acme website.